the 19th Hole Podcast presented by Golf Talk Live and brought to you by Perfect Practice Putting Mat, Yips, and Survivor Golf Tee. The stage is set. The teams have been chosen. Ryder Cup 2021, boys, is right around the corner, and it's two weeks away, and I'm already jacked up. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be one hell of a fight. Americans got an uphill battle, in my opinion, but, you know, we'll get into that later in the show. Well, we do have a lot of things to go over in the show. First of all, welcome back, Andrew. Hello. Hello. Andrew's back. We missed you a very lot. Excited, very excited. It sounds like to be back, but Andrew's back. Oh, I'm, I'm just, my hands are covered in paint, so I'm loving home ownership. It's great. Real treat. But uh, happy to be back. Just tired. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Busy in the golf business. Lots of golf outings going on in the world in September. But let's talk. Let me let's talk. Tell everyone what's going on with us tonight. We're going to talk, obviously, Ryder Cup because the final selections were made after the BMW Championship on the European Tour. We're going to talk about the snubs. We're going to talk about Brooks. We're going to talk about Bryson. Yay. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk a little shop right. I got a little special surprise for you for the shop right LPGA Classic in October, and we're going to talk with golf royalty. Who's golf royalty? Danny Noonan, joining us a little bit later, towards the end of the show. Michael O'Keefe, the actor who played the legendary caddy. America's favorite caddy will be joining us here in the 19th hole. But Christian, let's start it out with let's start it out with the European tour. Pick their final players. I'm gonna rattle them off for you. There's a distinct difference from the American team. Right down the list here. Rom, Fleetwood, Hatton, Weisberger, all qualified with the European points. On the world point list, McElroy, Hovland, Casey, Fitzpatrick, and Westwood. And Patrick Harrington then used his captain's pick to, for Sergio Garcia, Lowry, and <laughs> the dagger in the heart, Ian Poulter. Yeah, I mean, my first thought when they came out, um, Patrick Harrington, or excuse me, Captain Harrington, um, Team, the team stacked, in my opinion. I mean, everybody on this team has been playing super well all season. John Rahm, obviously, best player in the world. Paul Casey's a, a stud, as always. He's always Mr. Consistent. Sergio's finally finding his norm. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, as well as Terrell Hatton's one of the two best ball strikers in the world. Uh, Victor Hovland, Alan, you and I love him. Phenomenal player. Rory brings the power. And how can you go wrong with Ian Poulter? I mean, the dude never misses a putt in the Ryder Cup, literally. So, you know... I think the U.S. got an uphill battle. I mentioned it really earlier on in the show. Um, and I think they're going to get their ass kicked, if I'm being honest we've with been, you. We, well, no, we actually, we've been saying that for a couple of weeks now. And yeah. I'd like to think, I'm hoping that we're wrong. But, Andrew, I mean, the distinct difference is the European team has a very uh, veteran-oriented group. I mean, there's a couple of rookies on there. But still, I mean, they they have a lot of familiar faces. A lot of familiar faces. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what the biggest like deficit is in regards to 
like loss in a Ryder Cup, but it, it's it could get bad. Um, a lot of guys on this Ryder Cup team for the Europeans that win consistently. And, I mean, yes, we talk about Rory bringing the power, but Rory is dominant in the Ryder Cup. I mean, he goes out and he's just – he's a solid player. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not very happy about it, but as I uh, – as another fellow golf podcast, i.e. Barstool's foreplay once said by Riggs, May have to turn in a turncoat because th- this is just, I mean, it's not fun anymore. I, I thought the women at least had a chance and they couldn't get the job done. We ball said the men aren't going to have a chance in hell. And it's only getting worse, in my opinion. So not not good. U- U.S. team has won three times since the turn of the, cen- uh, the century. <laughs> <laughs> not only are they going to get whooped, in my opinion, but personally speaking, I do not think the U.S. team – has the mental state right now to be focused for this Ryder Cup coming up? Personally, do you right. think they well, make ten that, points? Genuinely that? speak, like I, I like I'm sitting here trying to think of like what's the biggest blowout I've seen in the Ryder Cup, and I'm trying to sit here and think about it, like just seeing like the team for Europe and who they could put out in like four ball and alternate shot as well as in singles. I don't know if the Americans with some of the way that they've been playing and just some of like the non-chemistry, maybe I'm totally wrong and I hope I am, but I genuinely could see them not even reaching 10 points. That's how bad it could get. Uh, I mean, 18 to 10, it's, it's possible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, going back to what I was saying, I don't think they're mentally prepared enough right now, personally, like the European team is. I mean, Brooksy's half injured as it is. Everybody hates Bryson. Right? Nobody wants to play with Bryson on the team. Bryson's care- more worried about hitting the ball 500 yards in a long drive competition than actually playing in the Ryder Cup, in my personal opinion. DJ's been playing like dog shit as of late, and nobody has been playing really well on the American side besides Cantlay. Awesome. Well, let's, 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 ju- let's jump to Brooksy because he actually just gave an interview where he stated that, you know, everybody, the problem with the Ryder Cup, in his opinion – is that everybody does their own thing, how it's, everybody has their own way of preparing, that the Ryder Cup throws them completely off, if anything. Good, the then, don't, then don't come. Don't come. I, I, I'm, just, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying what he says. That, that, those are the reasons as to why it seems to be a challenge for the U.S. team. And now we have the question about him, you know, injured wrist, no, Which then leads to the, the next this question. Is, this but. is his excuse and his way out of it because he's all about – and I know that we, for a while, were on the Bryson train, like he's trying to change golf, yada, yada, yada. No, listen, at this point, I think we all are at the, at the agreement now. This is an excuse so that when he plays like garbage next week, he has a way out of like, I let down my country and now I have an excuse. I got an injured wrist and then, you know, I can't prepare. No, 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 no. What he was saying, what he was saying is, look, he goes, I go out when I win my point, I hit my shots. He goes, and this is the problem. You got to, one thing you got to respect about Brooks Kepka, he's an open filter. So he goes out and he says what he thinks. And he's like, look, I go out, I hit my shots, I earn my points, but I'm now, I feel now I'm a failure because somebody else didn't perform what they needed to do. But you know what? Like that, that's, that's ridiculous. They're professional athletes, the best in the world. They have more top 10 player in the worlds than I think the, the, the Europeans, right? 
at this point. Like, figure it out. That's it. End of story. Figure it out. Like, if you're expected to win in any other sport and you don't get the job done, whether it's a team sport or individual sport, you're held liable for the team. The Bills lost on Sunday. You think that was held liable on one player? No, his whole team. But did there was a number of key players that did not play well. Same thing for any other team sport. Like reality is, I don't care if it's you have to prepare differently. I don't. I, that, that's that's crap. Because you're a professional athlete, you should know how to prepare. They're already making excuses for why they can't be able to win. I, I genuinely might have to start rooting for the Europeans. I genuinely will. Because, like, at this point, it's not fun to listen to. It's just a joke. So until the U.S. shows me something different, what's the what's the point? I, I don't get it. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. So, I, so in that another, – another point that he made, Christian, in that article was <laughs> – get ready for this one. He goes, I can beat Tiger's majors record. Maybe and, and, and now here follows logic. I'm 31 years old. I just need, I, I got another 14 years left. I just got to win one major a year between now and, and then he goes, and I basically break Jack and I buy a fast tiger. Yeah. Maybe in a video game, not in real life though. Uh, can he do it? What, what has Bryson done? And no, 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 no. Bro- Brooksy, Brooksy. Oh, Brooksy. Okay. Oh, wait, sorry. Am I allowed? Wait a minute. Am I allowed to say that? No, you're not. You're going to get kicked off the air now. I got to go. I gotta get. I gotta leave. All right, Alan. See you later. Have a good one. Um, Andrew, Andrew, shut off my cam. Brooks Kapka can do it. Yes, Bryson absolutely no. not. No shot. No. Brooks can do it. I think. I don't 100%. think he could. I, I, I don't think he could. And he he he's probably the biggest major contender. And I don't think he could. Uh there the game the game of golf at this point has not seen another dominant figure to the level that Tiger was since Tiger. And the game as a whole has gotten dramatically better to the point that there's so many guys that are so close week in, week out. I, there's nobody in my mind until I see somebody that can do it consistently and over a period. Like Brooks is now hurt. Like I, I don't see how he can argue that when he's got, he doesn't even have half the majors that Tiger has. So that, and I don't know. Okay. But he's got, but he's, he's got four. He's got four. He's still he in another I mean, Huh? He needs another. He needs he need, another. Tiger's got fifteen. So he needs another eleven. Right now, no shot, no shot. I think it's he not can do it. because here's the thing: like Tiger had, Tiger had Augusta, right? Like, like could, could we all agree that that Tiger was probably best known for his abilities at Augusta? Yes. Yep. I, I don't see Brooksy having one of those majors that he's walking in the door. And having a win notched under his belt before he steps up, like he still has to go up against ten other people before he has has a chance. No, he's only twenty. Only has to be twenty in a major. Whatever. U.S. Open. No, even then, what 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 did he do at well, the U.S. Open? Look, he finished second. He second finished second at the PGA again this year. He was right there. I, I mean, the, he's actually going to defend in some ways. His logic is he, he was right there in the PGA. He was right there in the U.S. Open. He the when Tiger won at Augusta, he was right there, right behind him. There, the guy is a major champion machine. No, I, I used to. Can, I would can, say I would agree with him. Career is over. Can he no. add another eleven, or excuse me, another twelve and bypass Tiger? No. I, I would. I in the past would be the the forefront runner of of Kepka and saying yes, but 
after like he has not been the same since his injuries have come up. And I, I, that's my truthful, honest opinion. And I don't think he, he could. I don't think he's got what it like. Yes, he's around the top, but like being top five and then being four shots back, that doesn't really put you in contention. That means you hit, you know, some someone lost a stroke here, you gained a stroke right at the end, and then you, you whittled into top five or second place, like you were around just enough. Like it was that that's not, I don't know. Like I that I don't see it that way. Like I see Phil dominated the the PGA and there really wasn't a close second in, in, in my mind, like score. Yes, maybe, but like, it wasn't like it was that close. Like it felt like Phil had it on pretty much lock. I think Brooksy could do it personally. That's just my take. I think he's shown the mental toughness that he can do it easily. You're basically playing against 30 people. Yeah, I, did, I only bring it. I only bring it up. I'm spinning us off the rails of the show notes here. Shocker, but I mean, I think the guy. I think he does have the mental attitude. I think he does have the. Certainly has the game. The question is, does he have the longevity? He's dominant right now because he's in the middle of his prime. When another in another 10 years, when he gets that close to that closer to that number, you know, when he's 40, does the game decline a little bit at that point? Don't know. Okay. Time will tell. Time will tell. But I, I, I so you I, so he's what twenty? No, he's thirty-one. He's thirty-one. So he's got nine years. In theory, he's got. To, in my opinion, in nine years, he's got to pick up. Nine years, he went. If he if if he wins a major a year in the next nine years, he's at thirteen. He's two off. Tiger. I don't see that. I don't see that. And There's then he's only other. he's only seven off of Jack. There, there's 18 two. of Jack's with Nobody's ever beaten Jack. That record will never be broken. That, that one will never be touched. Ever. Here's, here's my other thing, too. You got to, we also have to remember that guys like Colin Morikawa are, are steady Eddie and, and built for majors, right? Will Zalatoris, although he's never officially won one, right? That dude is, that dude is, again, steady. Like, there's too many steady Eddies that I just don't see. We'll see. First of all, okay, let's just put this out there. Congratulations, Will Zalatoris, Player of the Year, my boy, my guy. Not okay. even a PGA Tour member. Wasn't even head. wasn't even on the, my show notes, but I'm going to have to throw that in there because Will Zalatoris, Player of the Year or, or Rookie of the Year, excuse me. Good job, Will. Let's go back to to Brooks. Finish your thought on Brooks. You, you what you're saying is there's too many other people in the field. I, I just nowadays. think there's too many other people. Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Rory, still to a degree. Um, Louis Oosthuizen is always near the top. He's not Louis gotten Oosthuizen it. will win a major in 2022, I believe. Yeah. So Colin Morikawa, um, you know, the list goes on and on. And I truthfully don't see Brooks having like the PGA and the U S open. He's had the most success with obviously, because those are the only ones he's obviously won, but he hasn't really I don't know. Like it didn't. It, it doesn't seem like he can walk into a major and just own that major. That's. Well, I, I don't. I don't think he has. I don't think he has. It's the type of game to win in, at the Open Championship. I think he could win Augusta. I'm speaking of Brooks, by the way. I think he could win Augusta, Christian. But I don't. I mean, it's going to be. There's a lot of other guys that are in contention at, at Augusta, but I mean, he is a PGA Championship, U.S. Open, you know, machine. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm a betting man, which I am, 
Like if I have two healthy golfers in Colin Morikawa and Brooks Kepka, my money goes on Brooks Kepka to win a major over Colin Morikawa. That's just my take personally. Morikawa is a great player. I'm not taking anything away from him. He has won two majors, right? But what I'm saying is that I do think that Brooks is a better major player over the course of the last five to seven years than Colin Morikawa. Granted, Morikawa hasn't been in the uh, PGA that long, but I think moving forward, I do I will put my money on Brooks to win a major. Let me ask you this then, okay? Let me ask you this because Colin's been in in, in the PGA Tour less years, like you admit, like you said. Do you see who do you see getting to ten first? Brooks. I I don't I I don't see that. Yeah, by far. By far. Four. We're, we're talking about Brooks right now having a, a hurt wrist. I'm talking about two healthy golfers. And a bum, and a bum knee that he's been okay, struggling with. Two healthy golfers. Two healthy golfers in their prime, which they both are in their prime currently. But he's if not healthy. healthy I'm, I'm saying if he is healthy, if both if both players are healthy, I'm taking Brooks by far to get to 10 over Colin all day. Injury, in, He's injury prone. I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see it. After I, the open, where did Colin go? Colin, you, you didn't see Colin anywhere on the leaderboards after the Open. Don't matter. He won the major. Okay. And Brooks won back-to-back U.S. Opens. And then the following year, he won the PGA. Back-to-back. Back-to-back. You could say well, that, or you could say that Tiger didn't just get the job done for one of them. Well, let's, 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 move, to, let's move to one of Brooks's teammates, his favorite teammate. Did you guys see on, uh, on social, Bryson – and the caption something to the effect of tuning it, tuning it in or dialing it in for whistling straights. Bryson's got a uh, shows shows him hitting on TrackMan and bombing it, carrying it 357 with a nice draw. Goes down the line and the bank's left. I mean, can we just move on? I, I, we all know what this topic is going to get to. I mean, the the, the, the thing is, he's not going. Okay. And when he misses a five footer because he can't putt or can't chip or pressure gets to him or someone calls him Brooksy, he's going to be a mental sh- basket case. And there's the end of his Ryder cup. Send him home too. I, I, I told you I'm, I have switched alliances. I am now French by all standing. I'm going full Europe at this point. I'm done with it. I'm done with I'm done with Team USA until they truly show me something that that impresses me. Well, your wedge play sometimes is like Vandeval. Hey, that's rude. <laughs> that is rude. I, I'm more of a Seve if I have to say so myself. But he wasn't French. Yeah, you know, don't matter. He's European. <laughs> what? Now you're Spanish? Yep. See, Christian's over there. Just Christian's just are you? Are you? We've moved on already. Real from Bryson. You brought up Bryson, so I fell asleep. Sorry. <laughs> well, let's talk about the let's hey, let's talk about mm. the uh, the BMW championship. If I don't know, I, I didn't get to see it, watch a lot of it. Oh, but the by the way, there by the is, way, cutting you off. Good news now for the huh? listening audience. Good news for, for Andrew on the listening audience's front. I will be all in depth on all golf channel news. Your boy went to spectrum today, hooked himself up with a nice big golf package. Did you really? PGA, yeah. And the PGA. So I am going to be a stats wizard when it comes next year. I'm going to have all I'm the stats the, guy. 
Oh no, don't, don't, don't matter. Moving forward. I, I'm going to be the stats guy. Cause I'm going to have every detail. My pickums next year is going to be lit. I'm just saying. Oh, well, I actually, I need to, I still actually owe you guys my, my restructured uh, Olympics. I think I figured I got four years to do that, but um, I, I, I'm the stats guy. What are you, what are you doing? I, I also my office is going to look really all right, good. All right, Christian. Really good. Christian, moving on from his being the stats guy, Billy Horschel. Yeah. Stub. No. I'm. We're going to call this part of the show the snubs because uh, I got two. Na- I got two names for you. Billy Horschel was he snubbed? He said he made the comment that he did, or felt that way. Should we call it snub or? We got to come up with a, a second one. Think about that for next week. Snub or, bu- or Buster? What do they call it in the NFL? Buster. Well, we're gonna get to the NFL in a second. Okay. Sorry. Was Billy Horschel snubbed? Yes. No. I think he may have been. No. Was Kevin Na snub? Yes. I don't believe so. I believe Kevin Nye was. I believe I believe Billy. I believe and and no disrespect, Daniel Berger. I I, I would have put Billy Horschel ahead of Daniel Berger. I would have put Billy Horschel ahead of Scotty Scheffler. I would have put him ahead of Daniel Berger, and I would have put Webb Simpson in Scotty Scheffler's shoes or Kevin Nye. Wow! And no, wow! Kevin Kisner should, should not be wow. on the team before you say that. Kevin Kisner should not be on the U.S. team. I'm I see you kept Paris English on there. So basically what you're saying is the 11 and 12 guys, Berger and, and Scotty Scheffler, you think they should have been replaced by Webb Simpson and Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel, yeah. That's your, that's your opinion. Your armchair quarterback, uh, like the football reference season one NFL. I, I love Daniel Berger. I love his game. But, I, I mean, come on. Him, and, him or Scotty, they haven't done shit all season, really. David Scotty was in the finals of the WGC and has been like top 25. After that, he hasn't done anything. What are you talking about? But Captain Captain Stricker said he is liked in the team room. Is that a cloaked shot at Patrick Reed? No, probably. It's probably a cloaked shot shot at Bryson, too. I mean, Here, okay. Let, let's put a real spin on it. I'd rather put Jason Kokrak over over those two. Like, I, I you're gonna say Billy Horschel's a snub, but Sam Burns and Jason Kokrak weren't. Sam Burns, you gotta be kidding me. No, he had more points. He's play. He plays a better game. What are you doing? Huh? What are you doing? I'm my, my, I'm trying to make a computers. point, and you're over here playing with your bag over here. I'm, I am playing with my bag. I'm over here trying to make a point. My computer's dying. Oh, okay, good. I, like who? Who really do you think? What like what has Webb Simpson done? He's been very consistent all season, and he's also you could make the argument that he's a veteran on the Ryder Cup team. That which. <laughs> From the looks of our team right now, you could use some veteran leadership this okay. year. Okay, let, let me ask you this then. If we're going to go like snubs and guys that have been playing well pretty much all season, why is Will not on that list? 
Who? Young is Will Zalatoris. Will, Will even though I oh. believe he is the dupe, my my guy, Will Zalatoris went went a wall sometime around July fourth or whenever he pulled out of the U.S. Open. PJ Max Homa, PJ, another me. solid player that played well. Like we're we're talking snubs. Like I'm thinking like. 20, 21, 22, 23, like those those numbers? Well, Scotty Scheffler is number 21. He's the highest. Scotty Scheffler was 14th on the Ryder Cup. What are you talking about? No, no, no. 21 ranked in the world. He is no. the highest ranked player on the on the American team. To back to your earlier point about how the depth on paper of the American team. He's number, I think, 21. The point the lowest point, on the American Huh? You mean the lowest on the American team? Excuse me. That's what I meant. Okay. So just want to correct you there. You always do. That's what parents always feel from their children. Anyway, Christian, the bottom line is I think I, I'm going to, my only armchair quarterback move is simply I would replace Daniel Berger. I like Daniel Berger as a player. I would put Billy Horschel in there because I think they're very similar as the same. They're the same player, and Horschel's a pit, is a pit bull. I think Billy Horschel, I've been saying it for a long time. I think he brings that firepower that nobody else does. You could clearly see on the BMW when he's walking down 18 after he hit that little 80-yard shot. Oh, he was fired up. Three feet. He was so fired up. And that he he said that's equivalent to winning the Players' Championship, which I agree with that. I think it is. You have some of the best players in the world. Not many Americans were playing in it this year, but most Americans go over and play in that tournament every single year. Yeah. Well, as all the top players in the, the world. Race for, the race to, to Dubai. Exactly. Can I ask right. you a question? Yeah. And when he goes off the mental fortitude because the dude is a basket case sometimes, is he still good? Is he still a positive for the American the team? championship the last two seasons? But we're talking we're talking the biggest issue that we have said with the American team. I think we can all agree. The individuality. It is is the individualism and not team. So while he does bring a firepower, he does bring, you know, that rah-rah does it also hurt the players that he plays with because he's over here and he's so gung-ho he's so over the top or he's so down on himself because he hits a bad shot that it affects the team you can make that argument bryson too bryson i I bet he doesn't even need to play just send him Bryson's worse than Billy, in my opinion. I, I think. I think I, if I have the choice, I take Billy over Bryson. I do agree with I that. I think the European. I think the European team. You know, they, they're they're now expanding, obviously. But the back many years ago, it was all about the chemistry that they had amongst the team. They all well, used because to. They all play. They all fly together. Well, they, they all travel everything. together. They all hang out at the pubs together. They do all that stuff now. Now they're they're becoming more of a global brand, also the Rory's of the world and what have you. But the core basics is there's a lot of guys that still hang out together. Americans they show up, do their own. Brooks isn't wrong. They show up, do their own thing, and then go but go you, away. So, but so my point is, do you think guys like Scotty, who are just, in my opinion, would probably be a very good team guy because he's played college golf. He's he's understand the team atmosphere. He's he's just calm, cool, collected. Daniel Berger can get fired up, but very similar. Like both of them are very similar in that regard. I think from looking at Stricker's picks, that's the rationale that he went with. It's like I need guys that are not going to get too high, 
but they're also not going to get too low. So he picked himself because Stricker is a very yeah, steady exactly. Eddie kind of guy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, could could be. The bottom line. The bottom line is one of them has got to survive, and you know who else survives? Survivor Golf Team, the official golf team of Golf Talk Live. It's professional spin distance golf tees provide you the lowest ball spin rate, the greatest overall distance, and the maximum ball speed. That is all because of its center prong technology. And I can tell you, I personally like the height gauge uh, indicator, which I consistently am able to place the, the driver at the same depth at every single time. You can find them at SurvivorGolfTee.com. They are also available on Amazon. Guys, I have been sharing these with people. You've been seeing some of the things I've been putting out on social. Every single person that has tried it, they absolutely love this product. And they, in turn, keep asking where they can get it. So, again, SurvivorGolfTee.com or on Amazon, the Survivor Golf Tee, the, the official golf tee of Golf Talk Live. I want to go back to one other since I was on snubs section, Christian. Snubs in Europe, Justin Rose. Justified or no? No. Actually, yeah. You know, I love Jay Rose. I love I just love him as a person. You can make the argument now that I think. All right. Well, so he doesn't qual- he doesn't qualify in European points. He obviously yeah. doesn't qualify in world points. He hasn't played that spectacular. He's no. almost in my I, – I, I lump him into the Phil Mickelson same category. You know, if you want the voice of experience, the older guy, the steady Eddie. So does he bring more to the table from than Sergio, Lowry, yes. or Ian Poulter? Sergio, yes. The only person I'd probably say there is Shane Lowry. What's that? The only person I'd probably swap would be Shane Lowry. Really? Yeah. Why? You can't go wrong with Ian Poulter, obviously. I mean, the dude's oh, a Ian Poulter, I think, is a, Ian Poulter's a lock. And I just Ian think Poulter's Ian, Poulter's a lock. Ian Poulter will be a lock at the Ryder Cup until he literally retires. I just think Sergio has kind of found his form the last few months, and I think Podrick has seen that. Mm. He certainly played better than Shane Lowry the last three months, especially the last three months. Justin Rose has played better than Shane Lowry the last three months. Jay Rose just had a phenomenal tournament over at uh, the BMW Championship. Well, Sergio, Sergio and Ian's or, and Poulter's past rider uh, cup performances, I mean, you can't look past those. Obviously, that's why Harrington took them. Yeah. Um, and you say Harrington took his fellow Irishman simply to round out the team in Lowry? Maybe. Probably. I mean, it's not a bad pick, obviously, but I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, I, I watch Shane a lot at the BMW and he, his swing was just not looking to where Shane Lowry once was when he won the open. Right. He was pulling a lot. He was duck hooking drivers on the range. Like he just didn't look solid to me at the BMW. Now, granted he finished at like minus 10 or 11 for the, for the event. So he was still close within Billy. He was about seven or eight back, but still, I mean, I, I would swap out Jay Rose with, with Shane Lowry if I had to choose personally. Andrew, what would you do? Are you trying to tell me that you say you're close and you're 78 back? I mean, yeah, he's somewhat close. I said, no, I, I would say close is like three or four, but seven or eight. I, Shane Lowry, I don't, I don't agree with. Sergio, I don't agree with. Um, I think either of those two 
if I'm going to be honest, Shane Lowry, going back to my point, I think Shane Lowry is a great team guy that I think is probably the reason he got picked. But if I'm going to make the, if I'm going to make a pick between those three and I got to pick two, I'm going Lowry and Rose for Rose for the, just the, the experience, but then Lowry, because I feel like that dude could just flat out get anybody fired up. I think he's also going to keep things loose when things get a little tense and like we kind of discussed with with the whole Bryson thing, you don't really got to play him. You can play him in the singles, but you really don't have to play him. So I, he's a team guy that you you fill a point in, and he's there if you need him. He's not a, he's there if you know, but he's not really there if that makes sense. Yeah, without question. But yeah, I, I here's the, here's the thing that I I mean when I look at the European team, obviously experience, experience, experience. We talked about the American team being loaded with guys with w- w- the emphasis being when we were looking at the six picks for Stricker, putters, putters, and more putters. Would you say if you look at the European team, there's putters, putters, and more putters? Especially, yeah. I mean, Sergio is not known as a great putter. Lowry is spotty. Ian makes some classic ones, especially at least in the Ryder Cup, throws daggers at us. But if I look at the rest of the guys, I mean, Rom Clutch. Yeah. U.S. Open. Victor Hovland. Yeah. U.S. Clutch, but not really. But I mean, What's that? You could argue Victor Hovland. I mean, go through the list. Just so we, I mean. Rom Clutch, Fleetwood. I'd Fleetwood's say solid in the, in the, in the Ryder Cup. Patton. Yep. Okay, Weisberger, rookie nerves. Don't know, don't know about him enough to – Rookie take... nerves, probably going to be will be Maybe. interesting to see. McElroy, yep. all world. Mm-hmm. Ho- Hovland, Casey, Fitzpatrick, Lee Westwood, showing a lot, veteran. Yeah. You know, he would hear – okay, so let me let me say this. Here's another point, and I'm going to show it to you guys. I don't know if you guys oh, – hold on. So, Poulter oh, Pope, like – Poulter's got his – he's got literally the Ryder Cup on his own golf cart that he's got back home. Like, I, I don't think I, – I, I'll, I'll take another step further. I don't know if it's even the team aspect. I just don't think the guys on the U.S. team care nearly as much as and, and want it as bad as the Europeans. Like, Poulter lives for the Ryder Cup. The Europeans live for the Ryder Cup. Absolutely. I don't they think the U.S. Things. live. They live for the paydays of tour events they don't live for the Ryder cup and i they, think it they, shows they t- andrew they talked about it with the solheim cup is in europe that all emphasis is put around and surrounded around that the, these team matches it's so, their way to sh- show the yanks <laughs> just stick it to them i, I mean I, I don't know like i'm just i don't know how to feel like i, I genuinely don't want to root for the americans just to watch them lose again when they should win I, I kind of like the underdog facet because, quite frankly, they, they kind of are. They're not but, expected to win. Yeah, they're not expected to win. So it's kind of cool to root for an underdog. I genuinely might be a turncoat this this Ryder Cup. Apparently, you're already – you're now Frenchman. You're now you're finding French, your, you say you're Spanish, too. He's Spanish. He's Spanish. I'm – so I'm hey, Irish, my, I'm French, I'm is, Spanish, I'm Norwegian, whatever nationality they got on the team. We've said it before. We'll say it again. 
the folks over at Perfect Practice need to send over some putting mats to the Americans because it could be a long week. Long week, long weekend, everything in between. But that being said, obviously our good friends over at Perfect Practice have been helping us out at least, so that's a plus. Because um, they've been giving us some putting mats so we can work on our putting stroke and make sure that me and Christian get the job done this weekend because like, we got a little alumni golf tournament we're playing in. Um, but we can't bring up rolling the rock, can't talk about putting, can't talk about playing well without bringing up our good friends over at Perfect Practice. They are the official putting training aid of Golf Talk Live and the 19th Hole Podcast, which you're obviously listening to. These mats are the realest of deals, and if you're looking to get better at putting, you need to try them out right now. They work for the best players in the world, like DJ, Nelly Corda, and everybody else out there that uses them. Uh, and they work for guys like you and me, so obviously you know that it's going to work for you too. They come in three main sizes, all the way from their compact edition up to their XL version that stretches out to 15 feet when fully extended. If you're looking to get a hold of one of these putting practice mats, use our code GTL15. Again, that's code GTL15 for 15% off your mat today. Again, if they're good enough for the world's best, like DJ and those out there, they're good enough for me. They're going to help you to try them out over at their website, Perfect Practice. There you go. Christian, the uh, the PGA Wraparound 2021-2022 season is just around the corner. We just had something else kick off. We got to touch on this before we before we bring in uh, Danny Noonan, Michael O'Keefe. Uh, thoughts on the NFL other than your birds flew high yesterday? All I got to say, my only comment is Eagles are 1-0. Bills are 0-1. That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. There is I think we actually play. played a team that had a starting lineup. So I mean, no matter who we played, we won. We played well, the let's start back on Thursday, real quick. How good's Tom Brady? Amazing. Oh, actually, say- hold on a second. Let me let me let me read you off my fantasy team. All right, I sent this to Christian. I was getting harassed for my fantasy picks in the office. Okay, Justin Herbert, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, James Robinson, Darnell Henderson Jr. from the Rams, Travis Kelsey, and Adam Thielen. And then I have Mason Crosby and Kansas City's defense. I got roasted because I picked Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. You want to know what they came up for? 50-some points. So Andrew looked like an absolute amazing fantasy player this week. Were you a genius? I was a genius. Actually, the kid I was playing against said, of course, everybody makes fun of you in the office for picking them. And then you go out and you get them and they drop 50 points on me. So I ended up losing. So it was good. I got the win. But yes, Tom Brady is Tom Brady is and always will be the goat until somebody is able to dethrone him. And I don't know. I mean, you just, you just I'm, I'm, like I said, I, that's probably the only game. I really didn't give you a chance to watch that much on Sunday, but. I mean, I did watch Thursday. You just knew he was going to march down the field and win. They're also playing Dallas. Who Come on, still. I, I, Dallas okay. is terrible. Dallas is terrible. Dallas should have won that football game. If I'm Dallas really- is awful. The NFC least is back in effect, and you guys are going to play. The only team that the Eagles have to play against in the NFC East is the Redskins. Oh, sorry, the Washington football team, because they're not the Redskins anymore. I don't do so, that. They they don't like 
The the Giants had like Saquon had twenty yards rushing the entire game, and they didn't score a touchdown. The Cowboys, the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott looked like garbage. Like yes, they're not terrible, but they're not good. Um, I'll say this: I genuinely think it's the the it's too early still to tell officially, but I think it's the Bucks the the Bucks conference to lose. I I think they go back to the Super Bowl. Percent is there if they lose their conference to who the Saints? Somebody who's in their conference? No, 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 not the not division conference. Like I'm saying, I think they come out of the NFC. It's them, it's them in KC. I hate the Cowboys. By the way, the Browns should have won that game, also. Browns were up 20 to like nothing, and then they came back. I genuinely was like, I was petrified. I took Kelsey and Hill, and then they both went off for like 200 yards. Yeah. I hate, I hate the Cowboys more than any other football team in the NFL. Right. That's just a given. I hate them with a passion. However, I will say that they got snubbed against the Bucs. If their kicker could have made two field goals. That was bad. That, I'll give you that. That was bad. And I will also go off and say Chris Godwin pushed off on that defensive back. That was offensive pass interference. And I would say the same thing if that was my team in that game. They should have won that football game. And I will say also, if their offense plays like that all season, there's going to be some teams that are going to be in some trouble because Dak looks phenomenal in that game after his first game back in almost a year. Dak yeah. did. Dak looked okay. See, I'm I'm excited. Wait, wait, he threw he threw for over 400, didn't he? Over 400 yards against a Super Bowl defending defense. Yeah, that, top five. Dak Dak looked good. I I'm worried that they don't have like I didn't really. I didn't see much of a running game that I think that people are eventually just going to drop back and play cut zone coverage. Probably. But then hopefully they open up some whole, again, I'm not, rooting for I don't them, know. I, 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 maybe I'm wrong. I do think that their kicker blew it for them. I mean, he flat out shanked that one kick like 30 yards left. And that was just awful. Um, I don't know. It, it, the NFL, a couple of games I saw that I, I got to watch the bills. They just looked, horrific unfortunately they they looked like they just did not have it all together um you let up 20 unanswered that's pretty unheard of um especially if you want to win birds look solid um bucks look good you want to know who's actually surprisingly i was like shocked by is green bay green bay looked awful like terrible and well they, I'll they say, look like it they look like a team that was is fractured within their chemistry. Oh, it's bad. Like Aaron Rodgers looked terrible. He had one point in fantasy. That's, that's, that's unheard of for him. A couple of standouts. I'll say this, Justin Fields is it's his time in Chicago. And if they don't give it the ball to him in game two, I'm going to be shocked because he was solid. And Zach Wilson looked like garbage in, in the first half, but then he came out and balled out in the second half. And I was, the Jets, the Jets may have found a quarterback that finally might be able to do something. So good for them. My biggest I ever want to talk about the Texans. They the played Texans. the Jacksonville Jaguars. Squad play. Okay, I don't care who they played. They have a bunch of practice squad players. They're, everybody, every professional analyst is coming out and saying that this team's gonna win one or two games all season. This team's gonna win no games all season. Tyrod Taylor looked, he was balling that entire game. He looked better Dude, than Josh Allen. You're going up against Jacksonville Jaguars, and you're going to try to say that that's a good team? 
I'm sorry, did he have not better uh, passing rating and more touchdowns thrown than Josh Allen? I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, like, you're going up against Jacksonville. There's two polar opposite defenses. I mean, you have the Iron Curtain, and then you have Jacksonville. We'll see how Texans go moving forward. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL with the Jaguars. But I think it's going to be a thing like the Jaguars won their first game and then lost the next 15 straight. I think it could be something like that for Houston. That could happen. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this – it's only one week. You know, obviously, I mean, there's going to be a ton of stuff that's going to happen over the next course of the 16 weeks, but we'll see what what happens. And we will be camped out because the golf season will just be starting, and let's face it, it'll be a little boring initially. I have to make my way down to you, Alan, to watch a Philly game, so. More than welcome to come. You have have a bet if you need it. I'm just saying, we can tailgate down there. I'm just saying, it's going to be a good time. You well, you know, I'm building a nice big time? fire pit. If you, you want, know, to you know, what else was a good time when we were able to catch up with Michael O'Keefe, the actor who played Danny Noonan recently. Guys, what a great time we had hanging out with him. We're gonna go to that uh, that tape right now. And guys, we are blessed many times to have some great. Guests join us in the 19th hole at a virtual roundtable conversation about everything golf and sports in life. But I got to tell you, our next guest is golf acting royalty. I am speaking of, you will know him as Danny Noonan, but it's actor Michael O'Keefe. Welcome to the 19th hole, sir. It is truly a pleasure to sit down with you, sir. Let the word go out from here across the land that Danny Noonan uh, approves of the 19th hole podcast. Okay. All right. So so that's... That is going to be our marketing piece with your permission. We, we need not say anything else. <laughs> well, that was awesome. I was just stunned. I'm going to say it. Wait, let me jump in. Okay, let's reset. <laughs> we were talking beforehand, when, uh, and you got to tell the, the listeners, this is, did you ever dream that, it, that Caddyshack, which was a great movie with so many great stars, it would become a cult icon of of the golf industry, of golf in general. Yeah, that's why I took the part. I knew uh, that. I knew that it was going to be a uh, legendary movie, and uh, I foresaw the whole thing. I read the I Ching before I said yes, and it told me we were going to be having this conversation, Alan, <laughs> uh, 40 years later. No, you know, the easiest thing in the world to do is, can you curse on this show? You oh, can. Absolutely. Thank God. The easiest thing to do in the world is it to make a shitty movie. It is so easy to do, and so many movies are shitty because of that. So when you go to make a movie, you don't really know if right. it's going to be any good or not because you could fall into the, the shitty hole. I'm going to drop the shitty metaphor now and just move on and talk like a normal human being. <laughs> um, so when we got there, you know, it did have a lot going for it. Um, Doug Kenny was the founder of National Lampoon Magazine, one of the authors of Animal House, and one of the actors in Animal. Harold Ramis had written Animal House. He sure. was one of the great uh, improv comedians from SCTV. Chevy Chase, big star at the time. Bill Murray just getting started. Great. Only had meatballs in the can, but had already done a, n- a number of things on SNL that got him famous. And then you had these legends, of Rodney Dangerfield and Ted Knight. So with that kind of a combination, chances are, you know, you might be able to do something that was going to 
stand the test of time, and here we are, 40 years later, talking about it. I'm just lucky I got to go along for the ride. I think I think the big thing, and and we're sitting at Yardley Country Club, obviously, right now, recording this. But the big thing in my mind, why it was able to connect and connect for generations, is it's it seemed to be the blue collar atmosphere that a lot of us find ourselves in, and it was a very much a blue collar comedy to an extent, like. You had Bill Murray that was just funny from start to end. There was just so many one-liners that just get brought up every way. You know, we were even out playing golf yesterday, and Billy Baru, this the Billy Baru saying gets brought up, and you know, you had the Danny Noonan miss it. You know, so it's just there's so many different things that kind of line up that it just is able to be connected generation to generation, and it just it makes it that much better over time. I think you're right. You know, I think that's one of the strengths of the film, the whole snobs versus the slobs thing, you know, as we called it when we did it, you know, and, you know, I think that a lot of people don't know how, well, maybe everybody in your audience would know, but, you know, when Tiger Woods started playing golf, that changed the way golf was perceived in the country, it changed sure. the way it was perceived in the world. And all of a sudden there was an element of cool being brought to a game that was sometimes regarded as a little you know, a little elitist, a little snobby because of the country club thing. And so when we did Caddyshack, it was before all of that. Mm -hmm. So in a way, Doug and Harold, all those guys at Warner Brothers that made that movie happen, they were really ahead of the curve on trying to bring people, you know, into the game and make it more inclusive. So, you know, it kind of worked. Well, I have to ask, because obviously you're famous for that, but you're also famous for another thing. You, you caddied truly at the U.S. Open. I have to ask, what was that experience like? And was it cool to go back to your home club of, of sorts yeah. to, to be, you know, a caddy once again, maybe not on the silver screen, but on the big stage? You know, it started out as a lark. A sports journalist I know named Michael Arkish got a hold of me and he was writing a piece on the caddy for Hale Irwin in the 1972 Open, which took place at Wingfoot. Yep. And I knew that guy, Peter McGarry, growing up because I caddied with Peter. Peter's brothers and my brothers were all friends. We grew up in the same neighborhood. Right. So I told him some innocuous story that he probably forgot and didn't use in the article. And then he mentioned that it was the 40th anniversary of Caddyshack and that the Open was being played at Wingfoot. And you did train for Caddyshack at Wingfoot and you did caddy at Wingfoot when you were a teenager. Is there anything you want to say about this all happening? And without missing a beat, and without any forethought, I said, yeah, I want to caddy at the US Open, which he thought, was, <laughs> he thought that was hilarious. And then he said, well, could you write me like an article, like a news article about that? And I was like, sure. So an hour later, I sent him this article. He got it published at golf.com. We did a video interview. And the next thing I know, I was being interviewed by a playing pro uh, who has a show on Sirius. And he said to me before the interview, he goes, I want to talk to you after the interview. And my first thought was, do I have to go to the principal's office? Am I in trouble? What if I, if I broken some caddy law, you know, by, <laughs> by trying to get a bag at the US Open or something? So we do the interview and then we ha he hangs, you know, he ends the interview and he goes, listen, I can get you a bag. I, I, I just need to know if you're for real, if you're going to do it. And, and man, I had to have like a, a gut check because I was like, I was kind of kidding, you know, now that it's all said and done and it's a year later. But when he said, do you want to do it? I was like, yeah, 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 I do want to do it. I do. And then I was like, oh, my God. So then it worked what out. I, what did I do? Yeah, what did I do? So then the first day. I meet Danny Balin, he's this great guy. He just won the Metropolitan again this year. You know, and they pay, I was saying to Alan earlier, they, they played Beth Page Black, you know, so, you know, he's got some game. 
and uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm on his bag. We get acquainted. He's sitting on the range. The next thing I know, we're at the tenth tee. He hits onto the, you know, the the tenth is a very famous par three at Wingfoot. He gets on the green. We're putting. We're dancing, as we say. And I put that bag on my shoulder. I take about four steps, and I think this is the worst idea <laughs> I have ever had. This is going to be the most hellish day of my life. How do I get out of this? So then they were great and we got along and I made it through. And the next morning, though, I got a phone call from one of these guys, the cat, either his caddy or from Danny. And he says, um, how do you feel? I said, you know, there is not one part of my body except my teeth that don't hurt right now. So it was absolutely amazing. I got, so I have to ask the other, the other big question, you know, obviously, again, I told you pre, pre-recording this, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the movie. I love the movie. The one-liners throughout it just make it that much better. But I got to ask, have you ever found the ball that went in the lumber? Yard? No, but I feel like my career has gone into the lumber yard more than once. <laughs> Actually, you were telling you we, we were chatting beforehand. These guys didn't hear this. He didn't even really know to play golf before really? he got the part. You 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 played a little, dabbled a little bit, but yeah, I lied at the audition. <laughs> yeah, you know, as, as actors, we develop certain skill sets in acting school about believability, reality, backstory, things that you want to bring to the performance. And of course, lying is one of these skills that you have. It's not exactly on the resume, but so in the audition, they said, hey, do you play golf? I was like, yeah, I play golf. Scratch golfer. <laughs> Love the game. Arnold Palmer and I, you know, like this, you know. And about for you, since we're only on audio, those were my fingers really close together with me and Arnold Palmer. So, you know, then I got the part and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should uh, take a golf lesson. <laughs> so then I went up to the Wingfoot and there was a great pro there, Tom Neoporti and his son, Joe Neoporti. Uh, his assistant, a guy named Dale Sh- Dave Schultz, and they worked with me every day for six weeks. So, you know, I, and I was enough of an athlete that by the time I got down there, I had, as we were talking earlier, Alan, I had my res- re- reverse C curve in uh, in full form. It was fluid. So pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I, I'll tell you, like I said, there's, there's so many good ones. The other one I have to ask, obviously you mentioned it already, like there was big stars all around, really. I mean, you had Bill, who... Obviously, we know Bill is much bigger than he was back then, but like you had Chevy Chase. Who, in your mind, was your favorite to kind of work with on that crew and for that movie? Well, you know, they all had their strengths, and, and really it was the strengths of the director and the writers, Doug Kenny and Brian Dawn Murray, who got together with Harold, and they realized with Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight, they had their own version of the Marx Brothers. And they wanted to give them as much rope as they could and just let them run with it. And I got to kind of grab onto their coattails and go. You know, and the original script was much more Dane and his story about him coming of age, going to college, falling in love, him and Maggie, him and Lacey. There was much, much more material. And it all got cut so that Bill and Chevy and Rodney and Ted could kind of gather together that force. And in retrospect, you know, I'm thrilled that they cut my part in half because now we have the film that we had. Had we done it the way we did, we might have had a good movie, 
but I don't know if we would have had the movie that everybody, you know, knows and loves. And for me, I was happy to be, you know, Gummo Marx to uh, to their cool Marx Brothers. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, right? And I, I'm like Andrew, I love the movie. It never gets old watching it. Not, no matter when I can sit down and watch that movie, I still find it hilarious today, right? But what was your favorite scene that you, like, got to shoot? No, in that movie, if there is even a favorite scene, that. well, it wasn't getting into bed with Lacey Underall. <laughs> that's what you did. <laughs> Gotta figure that would be the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're so like, I, I'm you probably have stuff to watch the movie today. Me, yeah, I've seen the movie maybe twice. I saw it really? once. Okay. Here's my movie, sir, about seeing the movie. In 1980, I was in Dallas, Texas, making a movie with Karen Allen who you remember from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I took her to the movies because, you know, I was in the movie and I was trying to do my best to close the deal with Karen Allen. Happy to say that we were boyfriend and girlfriend for two years afterwards. Thank you very much. So we get to the movie theater. We watch the movie. The movie's over. We're getting up to leave. There's a couple behind us, young guy, young girl, like my age, like 25, 24. And the girl turns to her boyfriend and says, he, that guy that played Danny Noonan, he must be a professional golfer. He's incredible. And the boyfriend was like, yeah, he's okay. Because, you know, what are you going to say when your girlfriend starts looking up to them? And I turn around and I look right between them and I go, do you really want to know the story of my professional career? <laughs> That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. great. That's great. That's great. So they were, they were like, ah! <laughs> screaming from the theater. You know? So what have you been up to lately? You still, do, do you still play golf? Uh, I, I haven't really played in a while, although I'm, I'm threatening to get back there because a friend of mine just opened up a golf course 10 minutes for me. That makes it pretty convenient. Um, but, you know, I haven't been playing that much, but I, I have a nice bit on... Um, Kevin Bacon's show, City on a Hill, which is on Showtime that I'm really happy with. I have a movie on Netflix right now called Things Heard and Seen, uh, which is a wonderful film with Amanda Seyfried and um, James Norton, who's two young actors. And it's kind of a, you know, those haunted houses, you know, buy a house and go crazy kind of thing. Hey, you guys. Hey, we're trying to have a podcast over here. Shit, <laughs> yeah. Golfers, <laughs> Jesus God, <laughs> where was I before I so rudely interrupted? You're playing golf 10 miles from you. <laughs> I'm happy to have those things as an actor, but I haven't really been playing that much. Cool. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just still starstruck at the story of Ke with Carrie. I'm that, that's just, it's great. Um, oh, which story? What are you trying to say? Speak, I just listen. Words. I'm just saying, like you get to see a star that you grew up watching multiple of thousands of times. It, it, it is great to see a guy like yourself live up to what the funniness that you see in the movie and everything. Like it's just. The stories that you have to tell, even in just a few minutes, it, it's it's great. I, I we greatly appreciate you coming on the show because it's, it's great to be here. See every those loudmouths. Who's those loudmouths over there in the golf course making all that noise? How dare they in the 19th? <laughs> I know. Make I noise, know. right? <laughs> There's no gambling at Bushwick. So. <laughs> well, Michael, 
again, thank you uh, on behalf of all three of us. Appreciate you coming on. We'd love to stay in contact. Now that you've dubbed this and approved of the 19th Hole podcast, we'd love to have you back on if your schedule permits. Let the word go out from here across the land. I'd be happy to be on your show again. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Andrew. <laughs> Did you ever think in your day you'd be handing out, hanging out Noonan? Uh, no. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know how he, he kind of caught me off guard from the get go. I was not, I didn't know how to. He kind of seemed like he was going to be very. The... <laughs> uh, he seemed very quiet. I didn't know if he was going to be really about interviewing with us because we're a bunch of goofballs, but um, it was a good time. It was pretty fun. <laughs> And he starts yelling at everybody else. Will you guys keep it down? We're trying to do a podcast here. <laughs> Kristen? That was funny. I mean, I got I got some mind you, he's yelling at Shooter while he's doing it too. That's true. He was yelling at Shooter McGavin, Christopher McDonald. You know, I forgot to bring up that one time where I got suspended in college for night putting. I should have brought that up to him. But I, I forgot 16 year old daughter of the dean. Yeah. Yep. Night putting. So right, right in the old lumber yard. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm done. You take with you. drugs, Danny, every day. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, Michael, you're more than welcome to come on the show anytime you like. Your seat's always open and we'll always keep it warm for you. So you're more than welcome anytime. Without question. Hey, so we're uh, we are coming to the to home for the aforementioned not named home sponsor. Once again, Andrew, if you need the home sponsor, we don't have one yet, but, uh, you got my mortgage. Oh, shout shout, shout out, shout out GRB, by the way, they gave GRB. You there mortgage. you go. Okay. So Andrew, final thoughts. Um, final thoughts are, um, I'm going to be very happy when I can move in on Friday and not have to do a thing because we got movers. That's going to be great. So shout out to you for, for helping me out with that. Um, other closing thoughts are uh, go Europe. We're gonna we're gonna take take it to the Yanks, and um, yeah, that's about it. Christian, you got anything? Yeah, my closing thoughts are guys continue to follow us on social media. You know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, any feedback that we have would be greatly appreciated. We do this for you guys. We try to give you guys funny and great content every single week. Um, hopefully, we're doing a good job. But you know, any way we can get better, please let us know. Um, my big closing thoughts is go birds. Bills suck. And, you know, Bills are going to have a better, or the Eagles are going to have a better record than the Bills this year. Okay. That's, that's my hot take. I got, I got three things. One, I want to give a shout out to our product of the month. Also the official CBD of golf talk live in the 19th hole podcast. We're talking about yips. Yips is a uh, product of the month. Check them out. Yips.co. I also just had, I, I didn't want to dwell on it because you guys would mock me, but AD is actually playing well right now. I shot a couple under and a couple over, and it wasn't on a miniature golf course. Was it at the um, senior tees, though? What's that? You were at the senior tees. Anyway, um, <laughs> last thing is if you've made it this far into the podcast, I want to give a special offer. Guys, I know you can see this right here. I'm holding in my hands. Four vouchers redeemable for grounds tickets to the ShopRite LPGA Classic. If you uh, 
will just like our post. When we put this out there on the show, we will randomly pick somebody. Hashtag short tradition. Love it. Down at Seaview Resort. You got to make it down there. We're going to be down there. We'd love to see you down there uh, with us. So that's it. Christian, I know you you two knuckleheads are playing golf on Saturday, so hit it long and straight because... It's going to be my team hitting it short and crooked. <laughs>